Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the club. How are you today? It is breath week in the Genesis prescription, the week we focus on breath as part of our bigger health plan. And I have to be honest, in the past, breath work has been kind of like whatever to me, you know, like I know it's good for you. And I know it's something that we should work on, you know, intellectually, but then I just was like, you know, who has time to sit around and work on their breath? (laughs) I mean, there are so many other things to tackle and maintain when it comes to health, right? Like food and exercise. I mean, those two are enough to contend and keep on track with. And who has time to sit around and work on breath? And how much can that possibly make a difference anyway? That's what I've always thought. And frankly, I've just kind of always viewed breath work as boring, You know, it doesn't have that sensational, exciting energy or allure of transformation like a a good diet change or a a good workout routine, right? Because those feel like something substantive that we can sink our efforts to and see results. Whereas we think of breath work as just air and something we're doing anyway. And ain't got no time to worry about something like that, right? And so I'm just kind of assuming and maybe wrongly that you might have had the same feeling about it. Um, I just kind of always think of people that listen to this podcast, like we're probably kind of alike. We think in the same way and, you know, like we'd be best friends in real life if we could hang out. Maybe that's wrong. And maybe that's an offensive assumption. (laughs) I don't mean it to me. I'm just saying that if you've always thought of breath work as, you know, something you should do, but it's kind of boring and, you know, you have better things to do, I get it. I totally, um, I totally get it. And I have been in that same place until in these past few years, um, a few things have happened. Okay. A couple things came, came on my radar. One of them was when a health podcaster that I follow showed a picture of taping his daughter's mouth shut to stop her from mouth breathing. Okay. And that's a pretty powerful visual. And also like, um, Hey dude, CPS is going to show up at your door any second. Um, you know, that's a really powerful visual, got my wheels turning. And then the other is when I learned that we burn fat, when we burn fat, that most of it leaves your body through your breath. Okay, so both of those got my attention, and I hope they're getting your attention. Breath got real interesting for me. Um, when I encountered those two elements of it. And the first one is because my son is a mouth breather. Okay, I have observed him, heard him both during the day and during the night breathe through his mouth. He sleeps with his mouth open um, quite a bit because now that I'm I'm aware of it, I go in there and check on him um, and he sleeps with his mouth open. 
and he is my snorer. You know, he talks in his sleep. He sleepwalks. In fact, it's kind of this family joke, like in the mornings, like, okay, what did he do last night? You know, because sometimes he'll wake up and like the the sheets are completely stripped off his bed or he'll be wearing something different than what he went to um, sleep in. Like he went in his closet and just put on totally different clothes. Um, sometimes he gets up and kind of pokes on my other son because they share a room. Like he'll kind of get over him and, and yell at him or kind of push him around. <laughs> and so we're always um, like, okay, what did he do last night? And it's kind of funny and entertaining but it's really not because since I've learned of the, the dangers of mouth breathing um, and started connecting the dots, um, it's made me a little bit panicky, uh, you know, for my son and his and the health um, in his future. And so there's that. And then when I heard on this other podcast that the primary way that fat leaves your body when you burn it off is through your breath and not through your sweat or your poop, I was like, what? Really? How did I not know this? So that was completely fascinating to me. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, my friends. And I, like I said, I hope I have your attention and have captured your interest because we're going to talk about breath and how the simple act of breathing is utterly profound when it comes not only to your metabolism, but to your overall health. Now, James Nestor, the author of Breath, which is an awesome book that I highly recommend and will be referencing throughout the podcast, says that no matter what we eat, how much we exercise, how resilient our genes are, how skinny or young or wise we are, none of it will matter unless we're breathing correctly. And that the missing pillar in health is breath. Okay, another book I read and have been using for breath work with my son uh, that I'll tell you about more as we go along here. Um, it's called The Oxygen Advantage by Patrick McCowan. Both books are fantastic. I highly recommend them. Um, but before I dive in more into what they have to say, let's start with what the good book, the best book, God's word has to say. Genesis 2-7 says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. Now, I don't know about you, but when I pr picture like giving breath, I picture it through the mouth, you know, because of CPR and mouth to mouth resuscitation. And I think a lot of us think of breathing life into someone as through the mouth, but that is not how God did it. It specifically says he breathed life into man's nostrils. And so, you know, this was a really big aha aha moment for me when I recognize this and I'm like, okay, maybe there's something to this nose breathing versus mouth breathing thing after all. But again, if you're like me, you're probably thinking, well, God gave us both air holes, <laughs> two ways to breathe. Can't be that bad to breathe out of your mouth. You know, it's kind of what I always thought. Oh, but friend, it really is bad for you to breathe through your mouth um, on a chronic basis. And when I started digging into this, like I said, it made me panicky for my son who mouth breathes. And we're working on this, but have not yet resolved it. Um, so it's just very much on my radar. And I hope that I am going to be bringing it to your radar today, because if you are a mouth breather, or your spouse or your child is a mouth breather, and if you snore, you're mouth breathing, okay? Um, but it makes a huge difference, all the difference in the world when it comes to your health. Even though God gave us two ways to breathe, breathing through the mouth is plan B 
It's like plan backup, right? And we're only supposed to breathe through our mouth really if something is preventing us from breathing through the nose, okay? And then the mouth is like our short-term backup plan, short-term being the key there. Um, But when it becomes our primary way of breathing, that's when it becomes a major problem. And so many people don't even recognize that they are chronically breathing through their mouth. So let's start with um, what happens when you breathe through your nose? Like, why is this better? Um, Well, first of all, you get 10 to 20% more oxygen when you breathe through your nose, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it really is. It really is significant. Um, You need proper oxygen, oxygenization of the tissues and the organs for them to work properly. You need to have enough oxygen fueling those two for your body to, to operate. Okay. And so that happens much more efficiently um, when we are breathing through our nose. When we breathe through our nose, it warms and humidifies the air coming in for easier absorption. Okay, so our body's just more receptive, and it's going to go into the tissue and the organs just a lot uh, more efficiently. Breathing through the nose removes a significant amount of germs and bacteria from the air that we're breathing in. So the nose acts as like a filter, you know, filters out particles and pollutants. Um, And so that's a really first important step um, for immune function. And then breathing through the nose releases nitric oxide to the lungs and the blood. Okay. And nitric oxide is important for so many things, including immune function, uh, weight management, circulation, your mood, um, sexual function. Um, In fact, um, if if your spouse, if your husband um, suffers from erectile dysfunction, um, it could be because there's not enough nitric oxide um, reaching all the places it needs to go. And so, um, you might look at mouth breathing as being one of the root causes of that. Um, but this nitric oxide going in when we breathe through the nose, um, helps regulate blood pressure, cholesterol, uh, neurotransmission. So the messaging system in the brain, it helps prevent clogging in the arteries. Um, and so it's really important and it plays a central role in sports performance. It helps dilate smooth muscle and allows for better transfer of oxygen to and from the lungs during exercise. And that's kind of the angle that I'm going at this with my son, who is a huge sports freak and wants to play all the sports, you know, and he's good at sports, but I keep telling him that his endurance and performance will be even better if we can get his breathing right. Because frankly, he's not too interested otherwise. (laughs) You know, he, he can't see this bigger picture like um, his nerdy mom can. And, you know, I've brought up this idea of mouth taping to him, which is understandably scary and seems like a barbaric thing to do and does make you think, is CPS going to show up at my door if I'm taping my kid's mouth shut? It makes you think that on one hand and on the other is like, can I tape my kid's mouth shut during the day (laughs) to keep them quiet? Um, No. And, you know, when we're talking about mouth taping, it's not like, you know, a big strip of duct tape across the mouth like we think of, you know, if somebody's being held at gunpoint and robbed, you know, like that. No, it's a simple strip, which you can use, you can use vertically or horizontally um, to keep the mouth closed. And you can even, you can do it some during the day to kind of 
kind of get yourself used to it before you would do it at night. But a lot of times we do this kind of habitually, we mouth breathe. And so um, using the tape to keep it shut helps force us to use the nose to breathe. And so it's one of the ways um, that we can, you know, overcome or somebody can overcome the mouth breathing. Okay. Um, Here's the thing though. Okay. When you mouth breathe at night, it doesn't allow the body to get into a deep sleep because you're not getting as much oxygen as you should be. So you're not as well rested. You're not getting the full detoxification experience because if you remember, our body does its heavy detox lifting, its heavy load of detox at night when you go into that deep sleep. You're not getting the full release of the nighttime hormones like growth hormone which is critical for proper growth of kids um, and important for the metabolism of all of us. And also, okay, listen to this. This is so crazy. Mouth breathing can change the structure of your face. Okay. It also changes the tissue in your airways, but it changes the structure of your face. So this is, this is kind of alarming to me for my child who is growing um, because kids who regularly mouth breathe tend to, um, have a misaligned jaw and teeth. When you don't breathe through your nose, the sinus cavity kind of atrophies and collapses inward, which causes, um, you know, these kind of closed off air airways and elongating of the face. It starts setting the jaw back further than it should be, which is what kind of help ultimately reduces airway size and also causes movement of the teeth. And all of this can literally change the structure and look of someone's face. Someone who breathes through their nose is going to have a wider face. It's going to you know, be more open, wider, have a well-developed jaw, better defined cheekbones, straighter teeth, a straighter nose, and more alert eyes. Whereas a mouth breather is going to tend towards a longer, narrower face with poor jaw definition, like I said, it'll be set back more than it should be. And so this longer, narrower face um, makes things more crowded. Um, and therefore the teeth more crowded and crooked. And like I said, it also narrows the air passageways. So what happens is it perpetuates the breathing problem um, and leads to you know snoring and ultimately can lead to sleep apnea. Um, I have seen people, now that I know this information, I have seen people that are, re- you can really tell like, oh, they must be a mouth breather with these really long, these long faces and their teeth are super crowded and their, you know, their, their chins kind of recessed a little bit. Um, and so I definitely have noticed that. Um, but there's a quote from the breathe book, the breath book that says, mouth breathing changes the physical body and transforms airways all for the worse. Inhaling through the mouth decreases pressure, which causes the soft tissues in the back of the mouth to become loose and flex inward, creating less space and making breathing more difficult. So mouth breathing begets more mouth breathing. Um, It kind of becomes that use it or lose it scenario. And the less you use your nose for breathing, the more difficult it becomes to breathe through the nose. So when the nose, the nose is denied this regular use, it it will atrophy and then snoring and sleep apnea uh, tend to follow. One of the doctors mentioned in the breath book says that mouth breathing contributes to periodontal disease 
and that bad breath and uh, and also bad breath and that mouth breathing is the number one cause of cavities, even more so damaging than sugar, bad diet or poor hygiene. And that's kind of crazy to think about. So um, if your child has a lot of dental issues, that might be a sign that they're a mouth breather. Um, ADHD is also directly related to breathing difficulties during sleep. I mean, really any focus or behavioral or mood issues that you see would be common side effects. And in fact, the same doctor um, in the book, in the breath book says that mouth taping has helped um, a lot of kids overcome ADHD. When you mouth breathe, you cause the body to lose 40% more water. So you're going to be hydrated. I mean, excuse me, dehydrated, right? And, and you kind of feel that, you know, when you wake up super thirsty, and you're just so parched, um, that might be a sign that you're mouth breathing. And here's something interesting too: mouth breathing causes you to pee more during the night, because when you don't get into that deep sleep, your body doesn't release uh, properly release vasopressin, which is a hormone that tells your cells to store more water. And so when your body doesn't get that message, uh, it triggers the kidneys to release water. So you'll have to go to the bathroom more at night. And um, lack of vasopressin also leads to an irritable bladder. So if you've got bladder problems, you might um, consider whether or not you're a mouth breather. And, um, and generally speaking, the book says, you know, chronic insomnia is often a breathing problem. You know, you just cannot get into that deep sleep. Um, and so all of this will most definitely affect your weight. You know, if you can't get into a deep sleep, you're missing out on detox time, you're not having proper hormone regulation, um, not sleeping well is a stress on your body, which increases cortisol, you know, so you have more stress hormone, um, which, you know, causes um, problems with your dysregulation with blood sugar and all of that, I'm just going to make you hold on to weight more. And so um, as we're going to go into more in a little bit, you need to breathe properly to burn fat properly. So okay, learning all of this about the mouth breathing has is what has made me so concerned for my son, you know, I'm like, we got to get a handle on this. But it has been kind of slow going uh, for several reasons. When I first really started learning about this a couple years ago, I mean, it took me a while to kind of get my head around it, right? And then when I was ready to start digging in on it, um, COVID hit, you know, and mask wearing. And I'm like, Lord, that's its own beast when it comes to breathing. So I just didn't really want to go there um, yet with that. And also my son is prone to allergies and a stuffy nose. He is my Ebenezer sneezer. And so we've been working on diet and gut health and you know, that's an ongoing thing. And it's not always easy with a uh, preteen. Um, so you know, the thing is, it's hard to breathe through your nose when it's stuffy a lot. So we've also just started doing these nose unblocking exercises that are laid out in the oxygen advantage book. And the author says that you can overcome chronic nasal congestion with these exercises, um, and that it can help you get to the point where you don't need nasal decongestants, steroids or antihistamines. And he also alludes to the fact that this can ultimately be an alternative to allergy shots. And so, um, so really, I've just started doing these with uh, my son, you know, we got through the the school year, the COVID school year, luckily, my kids were able to stop wearing masks, um, kind of like mid spring semester. 
Um, but you know, then the school season is just so busy as it is. And then they went straight to camp, but now they're home. And so my mission for the rest of the summer with him is to really work on this. And so that's what we're doing. Um, really focused on this. And like I said, I'm kind of packaging it all up in this sports performance way that will hopefully keep him motivated. Um, the book, The Oxygen Advantage, talks about harnessing, quote unquote, explosive athletic potential, which is appealing to any sports enthusiast or um, anybody that's really trying to hone in their fitness, but especially, um, you know, kids this age um, that are really get into athletics and, and being competitive and, and want to uh, try to increase performance. So going at that angle, we're also working on increasing his protein intake. I know I had him, um, doing that with me last week. Um, just all the things, you know, and I'm like, listen to your mama. Cause I know the tricks, these children, they don't even know what their mama knows. They will, you know, it's coming from me. So they don't want to listen. But anyway, my my goal, obviously, is just to prevent him from suffering major health problems and sleep apnea down the road. Um, and the sports angle is just a good gateway. So I share that with you in case um, you might want to use that as well. And I'll keep you posted on how it's going uh, with us. So let's talk about how your body gets rid of fat by breathing. Okay, because this absolutely blew my mind when I learned about it. If you ask most people where fat goes when you lose it, and I watched a, a YouTube video on this, a YouTube video on this, which is where um, I kind of, you know, learned a lot of this information. So they were asking people on the street, where does fat go when you lose it? And they were like, ah, just burns up, you sweat it out, you poop it out you pee it out, you know, those were the, those are the answers. And those are totally reasonable assumptions. But the truth is, is that 84% of fat lost is exhaled through your breath, which is just so amazing to me. And so in the uh, breath book, it says, for every 10 pounds of fat lost in our bodies, eight and a half pounds of it comes out through the lungs, the rest is sweated out. But the lungs are the weight regulating system of the body, which is not what you think, right? That's not how you typically view your lungs. And so if this doesn't give you new respect for the importance of breathing correctly, um, because if you're not breathing correctly, it's going to inhibit fat loss. So I mean, this hopefully is getting your attention. And so I'll try to explain it in the simplest way I can, which is the only way I know how. Um, Okay, because you know, all of this, of course, is like my brain doesn't work in the scientific way. But, um, but this is pretty easy way to kind of look at it is that we breathe in oxygen, right? We breathe in O2. And we breathe out carbon dioxide, CO2. So two molecules go in, three go out. Your exhaled breath is heavier than your inhaled breath. That is what is carrying the metabolic waste, your burned fat from your body. Carbon dioxide is an end product of the natural process of breaking down fats and carbohydrates that we eat. It's kind of like the exhaust of a car. Um, you know, the carbon dioxide you breathe out is your body's metabolic exhaust. Now, there's a whole lot of biochemistry that's happening between breathing in the oxygen and breathing out the CO2. 
And maybe we'll nerd on nerd out about that down the road because there's some pretty cool stuff with our bodies in relation to creation that involves the sun and the plants and you know how we process all this and the CO2 and all of these things, um, the oxygen and CO2. But for now, I think it's cool enough just to know this basic information and you know, we just want to really stay focused on our breath because we can see how breathing has a direct impact on how we burn energy and get rid of fat. And if we're not breathing efficiently in the way that we were designed, this process will be compromised. In The Oxygen Advantage, the author tells a story of a woman he worked with who had tried, you know, every diet, every fat burning supplement, all the things, and she just could not, you know, maintain a healthy weight. And she felt so out of shape and, and, you know, not motivated to exercise. And he just knew that her body wasn't properly metabolizing oxygen. And so he gave her some simple nose breathing exercises that she could do while she was watching TV. Like it wasn't even a big whole other separate, you know, big deal that she had to go and do just do these while you watch TV. And in two weeks, she lost six pounds, not changing one other thing. So that's pretty amazing and shows you that the way that we breathe makes a huge difference in the function and metabolism of our bodies. Now, it's funny because I was telling some ladies from church this, um, you know, that when you lose weight, it comes out of your breath. And so they started panting really hard, like, (laughs) you know, and that's what you'd think, right? Like, I'm going to exhale and get this fat out of my body. But sadly, it's not that easy. And that's not the way that it works. And in fact, that actually makes things worse. Um, first, is coming out of your mouth, which is not ideal. And secondly, there's another issue that we have in modern society, which is overbreathing, breathing too many short, rapid breaths, which causes us to breathe too many times per minute, which we are not designed to do. And we can offset too much carbon dioxide, which sadly does not translate into breathing the fat out of our body, but instead compromises the whole metabolic process because having enough carbon dioxide in the blood is the key that allows the release of oxygen from the red blood cells to be metabolized by the body. Little nerd alert here, but uh, not too heavy. Um, But just to know that the amount of carbon dioxide in the blood determines how much oxygen that we use. And we need the proper regulation of both oxygen and carbon dioxide for all of this, you know, magical metabolic processes to happen in between. And how we breathe determines the levels of carbon dioxide in the blood. When we breathe correctly, we have a sufficient amount of carbon dioxide and our breathing is quiet, controlled and and rhythmic. Okay, so that is, that is the sign of having sufficient carbon dioxide. When we're over breathing, our breathing is heavy, more intense, erratic, and we exhale too much carbon dioxide. So breathing better allows more carbon dioxide inside of us, which delivers more oxygen to our muscles and our organs. So you don't want to offset too much carbon dioxide, but that is what we tend to do. As a society, we breathe faster than is good for us. Another way to look at it is that the shorter rapid breaths, these shorter rapid breaths are associated with stress. They are the breaths of stress with the um, that fight or flight sympathetic state. Whereas longer steady breaths are associated with a body in the relaxed, you know, rest and digest parasympathetic state. And it's in those relaxed, steady 
um, breaths that you get optimal oxygen and carbon dioxide regulation, hence better metabolic function and an overall healthier body. In the book Breath, author James Nestor explains it like this. When we take short, hasty breaths, the molecules of air switch on the sympathetic nerves. And these work like 911 calls. Okay, and so all these little short breaths are like 911 calls. And the more messages, these 911 calls that the system is getting, the bigger and bigger of an emergency it becomes. And in this state, the body redirects blood flow from less vital organs like the stomach and the bladder and sends it to the muscles um, and the brain and your heart rate increases, your adrenaline kicks in, your blood vessels constrict. So all of these, um, you know, these things happen when we're in that fight or flight state in that sympathetic state. And so mouth breathing and over breathing signal the body that something's wrong and keeps us in that fight or flight state, which we're not meant to be chronically living in. And in fact, in the book, it says those with the worst anxieties consistently suffer from the worst breathing habits. So over breathing, breathing too much, breathing shorter, rapid breaths, you know, we can think of those as the, as the breaths of fear. And to bring it back to the to the Bible, um, and to the Lord, God did not give us the spirit of fear. Second Timothy one says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. And I have to tell you that one of the most fascinating and meaningful things that has come from this study of breath and this, you know, preparation and um, of in this creation of the Genesis prescription that I've been putting all together here is that I learned the Hebrew word ruach, which is often the word used for spirit in the original Hebrew text. But it is a word that means spirit, wind, breath, life force, kind of all encompassed in one word. And in fact, it is the Hebrew word used in Genesis 1-2 that describes the spirit of God hovering over the water. You know, in the beginning, um, the spirit of God was hovering over the water. It's Ruach, his spirit, his breath, his life force. And the Holy Spirit within us is Ruach, his spirit, his breath, the thing that gives us life. He blew life into us. And he did not give us a life meant to be lived in fear. But sadly, so many of us live that way and that fear and stress and it is reflected in the physical posture of our breath. It is short, fast, and comes from the chest as opposed from, you know, as to that long rhythmic breath that is launched deeper from the diaphragm. And it's not even about taking big, deep breaths in and out. That's a really interesting facet of what I've learned and what these books discuss. That's not what we're shooting for. That's really a misconception. What we want instead are low and slow, almost imperceptible breaths. Gosh, somewhere in one of the books, I read that it's like, you want the kind of breath that doesn't even move your nose hairs. <laughs> That's the ultimate sign of a person who has their breath under serious control. Um, in the Oxygen Advantage, it says, true health and inner peace occur when breathing is quiet, effortless, soft, through the nose, abdominal, rhythmic, and gently paused on the exhale. 
Okay, so this kind of begs the question, if we're over breathing and we're breathing too much and too fast, I mean, how should we be breathing? What is a healthy rate of breath? Well, here it is. Okay, these books say that the perfect breath is actually 5.5 seconds. <laughs> so, but anywhere, you know, between five and six seconds, that's what we're shooting for. So about five and a half seconds in and five and a half seconds out. Okay. And so that is what our Genesis prescription goal is this week, my friends, to spend two minutes, just two minutes working on this slower breath of five to sec five to six seconds in and five to sec six seconds out. Obviously, we'd be better if we did it for longer. M most definitely I would and please do more um, if you can. But I wanted to make it approachable and easy, you know, and not something that takes too long to where you're like, forget it, I'm not going to do it at all. And you don't even have to make this a big production. It doesn't have to be like this big meditative production. You know, you can do it in your car watching TV like that lady in the um, that the author helped that, you know, lost the six pounds, she just did it in front of her TV, working on your computer. Anytime you think about it, just start counting your breath. One, two, three, four, five in and one, two, three, four, five out through your nose. Okay, I, uh, I'll be sitting there and I can see my son. I just did this yesterday. I mean, now I'm more prone to like looking over at him and like checking to see how he's breathing. And you know, I can see his mouth open. I'm like, close your mouth. Breathe through your nose. <laughs> like an army, you know, sergeant. Um, but you know, really, we just really for you the goal is just take a breath break take a breath break um take your breath back from stress you know from the world from the enemy and give it back to the lord let that ruach work within you you know the way i really wanted to to talk about breath in this podcast was um with this concept of ruach and how it's weaved through the bible because honestly y'all it has been so profoundly meaningful um, to me, uh, this study of it and the discovery, it's just amplified the way that I think of the Holy Spirit and how the heavenly and earthly realms come together and to think of this Ruach, you know, God's breath within us and how he wants to be that close to us at every second of our day. And so we'll talk more about the Ruach down the road and it's really kind of the focus of our our daily scripture in, for our Genesis prescription. Um, in the Christian Health Club. Uh, but today I just, um, I needed to get your face between my hands, <laughs> so to speak, you know, like, hey, get your attention and interest in this concept of proper efficient breath, and the perils of non efficient breathing. And um, I hope I've done that. Um, like I said, I kind of feel like maybe we're similar, you know, and that what kind of catches my eye might catch yours. And so um, it's just so important um, to be to be breathing correctly, and and I hope that you recognize that from today's podcast. But ultimately, my hope is that you will always recognize the Lord, our mighty Creator, in everything that we do, and that His Word is a living, breathing account of how to live and how to navigate this gift of life, and that includes our health. 
and these foundational concepts embedded in the creation story, you know, in the way that our body works in relation to creation is, um, is my way to present and package it to you, you know, in this Genesis prescription. And I just thank you for being here and following along and receiving it and implementing it together um, in this very fellowship kind of way. Um, and so breathe well, my friends. I was about to say breathe deep, but <laughs> remember, we've got to kind of unlearn that. Um, we want to breathe, breathe slow, breathe through your nose, and praise the mighty one that breathes life into you. All right, my friends, I hope you have a healthy and blessed week, and I will talk to you soon. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.